This is Cruise Radio. Don't get caught up in an unexpected situation. Always travel with Trip Insurance. Find a policy today at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. We'll get a review of Norwegian Escape this week. Also, Dan Skoken from TripInsurance.com here fielding some of your listener questions. Stuart Cheever on the Cruise Guy, standing by with Cruise News. Let's see what else. Oh, yeah. We'll talk more about this in a couple of minutes, but uh, a couple of Carnival Cruise Line ships didn't pass the USPH health inspection. So I reached out to the CDC in Atlanta, and uh, I'm going to have someone come on, hopefully, next on next week's show, and answer some questions about the vessel sanitation program, um, what's required of the cruise ship to pass, what makes a cruise ship fail, and answer some of the questions that you've sent me. If you have a question you want me to ask the CDC, shoot me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Um, they are a government entity, so I'm kind of at their mercy of when they reply to me when they schedule with me. So with that said, Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is here. Hey, Stuart. Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good, man. Gosh, right out of the gate with some Carnival Cruise Line news. Not a good month for them. First off, Carnival Vista and Carnival Breeze fail a USPH inspection. What happened here? Well, you know, it's it's unfortunate they got uh, they got inspected um, and uh, they just they didn't do well. And this all obviously comes on the heels um, of Carnival Triumph. It's it's a fluke. Mm-hmm. Um, it it you know there's there's obviously no excuse. They're not going to offer it. Um, what happened happened. They took immediate corrective measures, and uh, I mean to me that's that's the end of it. Am I concerned about going on any of the Carnival ships? Absolutely not. I, I'd go on any one of the, including these three ships tomorrow. This next story, not a good one either. A passenger on Carnival Triumph was seen going over. Uh, yeah, uh, unfortunately, uh, a woman did go overboard um, on the second day of her five night cruise. And uh, I mean, they, they do have uh, uh, witnesses that said that they did see her go over. Anyone's been on a cruise, um, you know that the railings are, are high enough that you just don't accidentally uh, fall over. Mm-hmm. Horrible. It's very unfortunate. You know, we're certainly our, our feelings, uh, thoughts and prayers of the family uh, involved. But, um, you know, you, you just, it's like a hotel balcony. You just don't fall over. You have to be doing something uh, you're not supposed to do. Norwegian Epic is heading to San Juan, Puerto Rico. This is like one of the biggest ships that's going to be home ported in San Juan, right? Yeah, this, this will be, uh, you know, one of the biggest ships. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, this was supposed to be a ship that was supposed to be uh, permanently uh, embedded in 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 uh, in, in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, in the Mediterranean. But uh, they did have success. They had her what in uh, in in New Orleans, not New Orleans, uh, Port Canaveral. Um, it, I guess it did well there. Now they're bringing uh, their they, the ship rotations, uh, so they're moving something else there. So they said, hey, and they they have a lot of confidence in San Juan, so they wanted to make a an epic move, and that's where she's going. Can we please talk about the cruise stock prices lately? Because they are going through the roof. Actually, I mean, Royal Caribbean more than Carnival, but they're both up. Well, Royal Caribbean had their earnings call, and um, you know they've uh, surpassed their, their goal of uh, their double-double. And uh, they did so well that uh, they're, they're doing a thank you, thank you uh, to their employees, where uh, they're giving all 60,000 of their employees a 5% bonus. Wow. Um, so uh, that's going to cost them a, uh, a pretty penny. Um, but, you know, here, here's a stock that uh, closed at uh, 132. It's up five points. And, uh, you know, the market is, is responding. Carnival was up today as well, almost four. 
and uh, NCL was up almost three. So, uh, you know, Royal Caribbean's at 132, and uh, Carnival's at 71. NCL was at uh, almost 60. Um, I mean, the market is doing well, and as each line does their uh, er- their quarterly earnings calls, it's it's becoming uh, quite repetitious. They're mm-hmm. year over year uh, doing uh, doing better. They're beating Wall Street expectations. Um, their book, their their booking loads are ahead of last year at higher prices. Uh, they didn't think that their booking windows would ex- you know be expanded out as far as they are. You know, thankfully everything is moving in a very strong direction for them. And uh, you know, the ships, the the safety measures that have uh, been undertaken over the last year, the new ships, the revitalized ships that that have been uh, redone, are being very well received by consumers. And the onboard spending is 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 way up uh, across the board as well. Celebrity Edge is now one step closer to us seeing her. Well, she'll be uh, hitting here early. Remember, uh, November is uh, going to be her debut. Uh, very exciting. And if you notice, the the bow of the ship looks very familiar uh, to some of the new stu- the other ships that are being uh, introduced. She's just going to be uh, an outrageous ship. Uh, I think the the food is is going to blow people away. The just the the ship. I mean, it's almost like a an upgraded uh, quantum class ship from their sister company, Royal Caribbean. It's going to be a a stunning ship, and uh, you know it'll be 129,500 tons, but less than 3,000 people. So. There's going to be a lot of space on this just amazing ship. Listener question from Julie. I'm booking a cruise for 2019, and I don't know who's going to come with me. What is easier, making a solo reservation and adding someone later or booking the other person as a John Doe for now? Thanks in advance. The best thing you could do is is book it as a single. You're going to pay as if there was two in the cabin anyways. On the, on the reservation, you'll only bill, be billed the government uh, taxes once. And if you do get a second person... Then all they're going to have to do is pay the uh, you know the second the uh, the second uh, government taxes and fees. Okay. Uh, it's a whole lot easier to add a name than to remove and or change the name, because this way you're not having to lay out the dollars to cover those government taxes uh, and or any of those uh, packages that you may want to buy, or um, uh, you know shore excursions or gratuities and stuff, which I would strongly recommend you not do until uh, final payment time, anyways. But I think the best option is to book it as a single. Been talking with Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Could you sound any more excited? Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour. Take a beach break. Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling. Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. 
six years, nine years, 10 years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts? Or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. We always enjoy fielding your questions on this show. If you have a question you'd like to ask, drop me an email, Doug, at cruiseradio.net. Fielding today's questions, it's all about travel insurance. So the president of tripinsurance.com, Dan Skilkin, joins us. Hey, Dan, you ready for these? Absolutely, Doug. Thank you for having me on. No, thank you for coming on and answering these questions. The first question comes from Charlie. He says, do you buy your insurance from the cruise line or get it elsewhere? I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to travel insurance. I always bought insurance from the cruise company, even though I know it's a mistake and it's probably bending in their favor. And the second question comes from Kat. She says, where's the best place to purchase insurance for my cruise? We're going in late August and I want to be on the safe side. Well, Doug, these are great questions. And where you buy your insurance affects the value of of the plan because the quality of your coverage and and what it costs you uh, is what's a question here. The travel insurance plans that you buy from a cruise company are customized so that the cruise company can sell them. Mm -hmm. The insurance company eliminates certain features um, from those plans to lower their risk. The biggest coverage feature that's missing from the plans that you buy from any cruise company is coverage in the event the cruise company declares bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And also, these plans will typically only cover you for the travel agents, for the, for the travel arrangements that you purchase through the cruise line. They're not going to cover you for flights or hotels before or after the cruise that you want to book yourself. So if I purchase a plan from the cruise company and I book my own like flights or hotels to save some money because they're normally cheaper, this wouldn't be covered then under the cruise line policy? Not at all. Huh. Um, typically, that's the case. They're not covered. It's a huge risk to, to any traveler because if you personally book flights um, to the cruise are delayed and you miss the boat, you might be responsible to cover the cost of catching up with the cruise or lose the cruise entirely. So... Um, uh, the cruise ship supplied insurance will will likely not cover the loss of any of your personally made travel arrangements. So is there an advantage of buying your policy through the cruise line? Um, yeah, there can be. For instance, if you're in, interested in a cancel for any reason policy, a, a, a policy that covers you to cancel for any reason, the cruise company will typically let you buy that plan much later in the deposit cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and these are plans that let you cancel for an uncovered reason, like just changing your mind and deciding you don't want to take the, the trip. Mm -hmm. And the cruise company gives you a credit on deposit to take a different cruise at a later date. You'll likely save a lot of money and get better coverage if you compare your travel insurance on an independent site like tripinsurance.com. The plans will cover you for bankruptcy of a cruise line and it'll let you insure all the travel plans that you make on your own. So, um, our retail plans generally provide more covered reasons for cancellation, like canceling for work reasons, and are priced lower than what you pay buying a plan from a cruise company. By doing that side-by-side -side comparison of the policies on a comparison website, you're going to find a much better deal for similar or better coverage. Each insurance company is going to target their rates for a specific customer type. 
for the length of the trip or the cost of the trip. Um, so when you run a side-by-side -side comparison, the, the website is going to be able to tell you what's going to be the best value for the parameters you plug in for the trip and for your age. And you're going to get a, you're going to be able to find a cov uh, coverage for the risk that you're worried about the most. Mm. So if you're looking for a cancel for any reason policy on a comparison website, you're going to have to buy that plan within 14 days of your initial deposit. Uh, and then the plans are going to pay 75% of your trip cancellation penalties in cash, not a credit towards a future cruise. So that's going to give you a little bit more flexibility in your travel planning. So we're in wave season right now. So everyone's buying their cruise the first part of the year. Any tips you have to share for buying travel insurance? Getting back on, on our original topic, I'm going to recommend that everyone that buys trip insurance, buy it door to door from the door of your home back to the door of your home. If you only insure the cruise price, particularly when you're buying from a cruise company, then the insurance company really considers that your trip starts from the time the boat leaves the dock. So your flights that are on the way to your cruise destination are not covered. Mm -hmm. If you have a travel delay on that flight and you miss the cruise, that expense is not covered. The cost to catch up with the cruise is not covered. Uh, and also, if you get into a medical evac problem, et cetera, they may only medically evac you back to the place where the cruise departs. Well, if that's from Miami, I guess that's not a problem. But what if your cruise is leaving from Greece mm -hmm. and, and, and you're buying the, the, the insurance from the, from the uh, cruise company alone? So, if you insure door-to-door, -door, now the whole trip is covered and the insurance company bears the risk if you don't make it to the cruise. So if you have a travel delay and you miss a couple of days on the outbound of the cruise, uh, our insurance plans, for instance, will actually not only cover the cost to get you to catch up with the cruise, but they'll also pay you back for the missed days that you weren't able to take on the cruise. So actually, you know, if it's a 10-day cruise and you miss two days, they'll pay you back 20% of the cruise costs because you missed those on the outbound. I've shared this story before, but it's definitely worth, uh, worth repeating because it happened in January. Actually, uh, some friends from New England were trying to catch Carnival Vista. They bought cruise travel insurance through the cruise line, but they bought their airfare through the airline. So their airfare wasn't covered. Airport was shut down. They had to drive 20 hours from New England to catch the ship because uh, otherwise they weren't going to have a vacation. And they spent like $2,600 on the cruise. So what you're saying makes perfect sense. Well, and, and a lot of people say, well, it's going to be okay. I'm going to buy my insurance from the cruise company, but when I buy my airline ticket, I'm going to buy that insurance from the airline. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the airline will cover you in the case like you have a medical reason why you can't take the trip for the cost of those airline tickets. But if there's a travel delay, the, the airline has no responsibility to get you to the cruise. Yep. So you really want to insure all of that from one company so that, that you're covered for the whole trip. You were mentioning um, from door to door. So if you're doing like a pre-night and a post-night cruise stay, you should pretty much have a policy from when you leave your house to when you return to your house. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. We've been talking with Dan Skilkin, president of TripInsurance.com. Dan, thanks for your time today. It's been a pleasure. Always here to help. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. Dan just returned from a seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Norwegian Escape, and he joins us on the line. Hey, Dan. 
Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I want to get this out in the open before we get started. This is your second time sailing Norwegian Escape. And uh, before this, you were anti-cruising, is that correct? Yeah, I don't necessarily know if I was anti-cruising, but I certainly didn't think it was something that I would enjoy. We've done a lot of excursion travel, so all-inclusive type places in the in the Caribbean and, you know, the Bahamas and places. And I guess I was just kind of um, thinking that the ship would be boring, but certainly <laughs> after two times on the Norwegian Escape, it is anything but that. Now, you're up in the Chicago area. You had to get down to Miami. Did you drive or fly? No, we flew. Um, you know, this time of the year, the weather's pretty unpredictable. Mm-hmm. So we always fly down. We always fly down on Friday just to be safe. Plus, it's not difficult to get yourself to go to Miami in uh, December when you live in Chicago. Yeah, you got that right. So you make your way down to the cruise pier uh, over there at Port Miami. How was embarkation for you? Pretty easy. So they have two different uh, gates for Norwegian uh, skate, B and C. So if it's your first time sailing Norwegian, you're going to be in the B gate. We did that a couple of years ago. Uh, We also got there right at 1030, Mm -hmm. which is when they started uh, bringing people on. So I think we kind of hit a double whammy there. It took us about an hour that time to get on. We had to wait in an area that wasn't real comfortable. This time, because we had a latitudes number, we were able to go to gate C. And literally, we were in line for maybe three or four minutes to get our um, ship cards and everything, and then we walked right on the boat. So I would say from the curb to the um, to inside the boat in maybe 15 minutes. You keep calling it a boat. A boat is what you get into when the ship is sinking. Right. Well, this thing, <laughs> this this thing, you know, this this is like somebody chopped up a hotel and put it in water. This yeah. thing is massive. It's unbelievable. So you made your way onto the ship in 15 minutes, and uh, you got. What's the first thing you do once you get on board? So we really learned from our first time, and, and one of the things that. You know, I listen to people talk uh, on your show it, that I that I couldn't agree with more is going on the same ship more than once really increases the experience. So the first time we kind of piled into Oceans and tried to eat and it was very crowded. We didn't know what we were doing. This time we immediately went up to Deck 17 and went to Margaritaville. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the drink package, so the margaritas were free. And we sat at the bar area. We actually met a bartender that we had met the first time on the escape. So we got to talking to him and immediately sat down and had lunch at Margaritaville, which was only nine ninety five a person on the first day, and a couple of margaritas, and uh, you know got off to a great start um, on the cruise. Now you said you had the drink package uh, with the cruise you booked. How many um, perks could you have picked? So we got two. Okay. Um, so we had an eighth floor mini suite, which mm-hmm. gave us two perks, and we picked. Um, the internet package, and the drink package. Okay, cool. Now, uh, speaking of your mini suite, how was that for you? Excellent. So we actually found the suite. Believe it or not, I was watching a YouTube video, and somebody was talking about these eighth-floor mini suites, and there's three things that I really like about them. First of all, the balcony is 102 feet. So the normal balcony in Norwegian, you're going to have two chairs and a table, and Mm -hmm. that's it. Uh, This balcony had not only the two chairs and a table, but enough room for two loungers as well. So, you know, double the space. We had breakfast on the balcony three or four mornings. When we came into port, instead of going up on 17, like we had before, we were able to enjoy that from our balcony. Uh, The second thing I really like about the room is the bathroom. So the the shower is literally double the size of a normal shower um, and excellent. The bathroom area was much bigger than even an outside balcony room. Uh, But the biggest thing for me on the escape is it is a monster. And if you're on deck 11, 12, or 13, not only do you have to fight the elevators down to 6, 7, and 8 where most of the stuff is, but you also have to walk, mm-hmm. you know, those hallways to get back and forth. So because these mini suites are right on 8, they're right by all of the restaurants, 
right by the casino. So we found that we probably did half the walking we did the first time. Awesome. How was the storage for the, for your cabin? Perfectly fine. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you, have, you know, same thing that most people talk about. It's pretty much the same layout as an outside cabin for a Norwegian. Um, you know, there isn't a ton of drawer space. So we brought a couple of those little pop-up, um, you know, boxes to put our shirts and stuff in, but otherwise plenty of hanging space, you know, the, everything went under the bed. We had plenty of, of counter space and outlets, you know, they have the USB ports next to the bed, the bed, which is really nice. So, um, an excellent amount of space. The one thing that I don't think they do a great job of is the mini fridge is, is full of their stuff. Mm-hmm. And we didn't see it. We didn't see our stateroom attended until like the third day. So uh, you might want to be a little careful if you're a person that's going to bring all kinds of, of things to drink. Yeah. Gotcha. Now for the specialty dining, since you didn't pick a dining package, did you buy a like pre-purchase a meal plan or a dining package before you sailed? We did. So we had a four night package, which gave us access to all the specialty dining venues other than Bayamo. I think that's it. Bayamo's a la carte. Cagney's is technically a la carte, but it goes to a flat fee if you have a dining package. Mm-hmm. Um, so we bought a four night package, which was $102 each. Cool. Now what restaurants did you go to and, uh, talk to us about each one if you'd like to. So one of the biggest, um, tips that I can give on this whole deal is in right in front of Bayamo is a little, you know, tapas. It it looks like a sushi bar, but it's actually a tapas plate called Pinchos. Mm -hmm. And you, you can use a specialty dining ticket on it. And if you do that, you get unlimited use of their menu. Okay. So literally for, for 20 bucks each, we just sat there and had a couple of glasses of wine and really enjoyed about a two hour, you know, eight or nine course meal. Um, and it's just incredible. Small plate. So you get one bite each and the food there is very unique. We had braised spare, spare ribs and, and uh, kind of a, a crab souffle dish, just unique things that you don't get. And it wasn't real heavy. So it's a great place to stop and have a snack and, for my money, the best eating venue on the ship. Yeah. What did you think of teppanyaki? Because in my experience with Norwegian, I'd put their teppanyaki place up against any land-based place in the United States. Yeah. Other than the, the chefs are a little bit aggressive with the banging and singing, mm-hmm. the food the food itself was stellar. Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know, especially in the Midwest, if we order a steak and shrimp, we get a huge steak and two little shrimp. And uh-huh. it was the exact opposite. <laughs> the shrimp were huge, excellent. Uh, the rice was great. You know, it's the full courses. Um, can't recommend it more. The only thing is be careful. If you don't like a lot of noise when you eat, mm-hmm. you know, that's not the place to go because they're banging on the knives <laughs> and doing all this stuff. But we had a great time and we sat with two couples actually that we had met on the ship and knew, and that really enhances the experience. Um, we also did Moderno, which is a Brazilian steakhouse, mm-hmm. which is indescribably fantastic. I mean, the salad bar, you know, I travel for a living and get to eat at a lot of nice places. It's the best salad bar that I've ever seen. Um, and then the food is just ridiculous. I mean, the only bad part about it is when you're done, you feel like you literally want to go back and, and go to bed because <laughs> yeah. you're just gorged with meat. But that was wonderful. And then we also ate at La Cucina, um, which was excellent. Um, I had Asabuco there, which is difficult to get. Um, my wife didn't really care for her dish. Not that it was bad. She just didn't like it. And they didn't hesitate and brought another dish for us and were very apologetic, offered to take it off our plan, and we assured them that wasn't the case. Um, and then she had uh, a, a Bolognese dish that was incredible. So I have yet to have a bad meal on the escape, to be honest. How about the buffet area? So we only use the buffet for breakfast mainly, uh, just because um, we go to Food Republic almost every day for lunch, 
which is another small plate venue that's a la carte. Not expensive, but excellent. Um, I would say this about the buffets. They're good. Mm-hmm. Very solid and good. They're the same every day. Now, they do mix it up a little bit at night. Like Sunday night, they had a seafood buffet that we talked to a couple that said it was great. We didn't make it there because we already had reservations. But it's the same thing every day. Um, and the other bad thing about the buffets is if you go after 9 o'clock, especially for breakfast, it is an absolute zoo. You have to be a little patient. Although they do quadrant dining, so they have all different areas where you can order food, I think it, that it almost is worse than having a regular buffet because it confuses people. They don't know where to get in the line, and it's just, um, you know, it's kind of hectic. So, What do you think of their sit-down restaurants? I, I don't want to call them main dining rooms, but what is it, taste and savor? Yeah, taste and savor. I think the good thing about taste and savor is, you know, you can just walk in and eat, so mm-hmm. you don't have to have a reservation. Um, and they're pretty flexible with you doing whatever you want. So if you want to walk into Savor and get, you know, four bowls of French onion soup, they, they don't really, you know, it's not really a formalized dining experience. But I think with Taste and Savor, it's the same issue that you have with the buffet is that it's pretty similar every night. So, I, you know, when I see people on the ship who are going to the buffet and Taste and Savor every day, I wonder if by day five or six they're pretty sick of the same fare. They'd almost have to be. All right, well, let's round, uh, round it out here with Oshihans. What would you think? You love the chicken wings at Oshihans, and I can't argue with you. Yes. So you know, Oshihans serves a purpose, right? If it's late at night or in the afternoon, it's open 24 hours, and the food is very serviceable, right? It's, a, it's pub fare. So mm-hmm. it's easy. It's easy. It's fast. Um, and once again, if you get something you don't like, um, we got uh, breaded mushrooms which we didn't care for, but we just pushed them aside and ordered more nachos. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, you know, it definitely serves a purpose. The one um, restaurant that I, I point out real quickly that is underutilized um, is Food Republic, which is up on deck eight. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that you can tell that Food Republic is good because three quarters of the crew eats there. Whenever you go in there, it's all full of, it's all full of crew. So me being a sales guy, that was an immediate flag for me that it must be the place to eat. Yeah, for sure. Now, uh, before the interview, we were emailing back and forth, and you were mentioning uh, you did a spa package. It's something I've never done before. So talk to us about that. Like, was that a flat rate for the week? It was. $200 for the week. It would have been 180 if we'd have booked it online. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we wanted to tour with them, and I can't recommend it more. I mean, if you're a spa person, first of all, it's, it wasn't crowded at all. Uh, we actually went up there when, when we got to Nassau. We went up there before we got off the ship, and literally we were the only two people in the spa. They have this huge waiting pool. like a, It's like half jacuzzi, half waiting pool, and I was literally doing the backstroke. My wife took a picture of me <laughs> doing the backstroke in the waiting pool. I was the only one there. So, I mean, to me, it's in a ship like this that's as hectic and crowded as it can be because it's big, this is a place where you can go. It's forward-facing. So when you're coming into a port, you can go up there and sit on a lounger mm-hmm. and watch yourself go into port. Um, fast night. And we were in there every day for multiple hours just because it was a great place to go and sit and relax and enjoy the quiet. Does the spa pass include access to, what is it called, Vibe? Uh, you know what I'm talking about, the little private retreat area? Um, I do. So based on, uh, there, you, had, you had someone on your show a couple yeah, of months ago. exactly. Yeah, Richard. Brought up, yeah, Richard brought up the Vibe. And we got on, I don't know, we got on at noon and ran right down and tried to get Vibe tickets, and they were already sold out. What Vibe is, is Vibe is a private beach area with a bar. They only let 100 people into it, and it's up on deck 18, and it's just kind of a, it's kind of the only, not kind of, it is the only quiet pool area on the ship um, that's not related to the spa. It's a hundred bucks for the week. 
Uh, got it. Let's talk about the drink package. So you picked the drink package as one of your perks, which you're prepaying the gratuities um, for the week before you sail, correct? Right. Based on, once again, on your recommendation that they were going up, we weren't sure if they were going to do that in December or not. So we prepaid all of our gratuities mm-hmm. online. Did you figure out the real value of the package? It's really a convoluted number because I can't imagine any more than 10, or 10 to 15% of the ship isn't getting it for free. Yeah. So I, I know the number looks crazy high. It was mm-hmm. like, you know, every once in a while you can see our tickets. It was like $7 for a, a beer and $10 for a mixed drink. Um, I don't know. I, you know, the only thing I know sailing is having the package, and I'll never sail without it. And, and you know, people say, well, you have to drink X number of drinks a day. I don't even worry. You know, to me, I don't want to be looking at my bill in the morning and going, oh, wow, I can't believe I had that many Bud Lights when I was in the <laughs> casino. Yeah. Um, the other thing is they're great about it. So if you go out to get two Bud Lights, they don't want to see the other person. If you go, you know, they have excellent selection of everything, wine, um, alcohol, everything, and all is pretty much included. I had a McCallum one night at Moderno, and I think the upcharge was like $3 for a a McCallum 10. That's the thing I like about it is they don't give you a hard time at all about what you want. And, you know, the frozen drinks are incredible, especially... You know, when you're in a cold weather climate, and you get yeah. the, the, the heat like that. You know, we were dying. <laughs> so we drank a lot of mudslides and fun drinks. They have a drink of the day, which is fun to do. So uh, definitely recommend. Is it truly unlimited? Because like with Carnival, you add 15 drinks, they cut you off. Not to be self-deprecating, but I have had more than 15 okay. Bud Lights <laughs> in the day, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, and, and, and once again, that's the thing that I really like about Norwegian is uh-huh. you, pay a little extra, you pay a little extra to be on the ship, right? Mm-hmm. But we have never had an issue with that sort of thing. And I'll give you an example. My mother-in-law came with us the first trip. And although she was in the Haven, they took the cash back and didn't get the drink package. My wife at that point wasn't drinking. And the first day the waiter looked at me and said, pointed to my mother-in-law and said, this is your wife, right? And I said, "Um, no, it's my mother-in-law. And he kind of looked at me and said, that's your wife, right? And I said, yeah, the rest of the crews, he gave her free drinks off of our package because he realized my wife was drinking iced tea. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they're very, you know, they're very open to, uh, you know, just letting you do whatever you want. And, and we've never had an issue with, you know, limitations of any sort. Okay, very cool. Let's uh, let's talk about the entertainment. What do you think of it? Well, you know, and other people have said it, it is without a doubt one of the biggest strengths in Norwegian is not only the quality of it, but just the sheer volume of what's going on. So, you know, we did the dueling pianos a couple of nights and they were great. The comedian was good. Um, and then we went to, um, you know, one of the shows and I'm like you, I am not going to sit down for two and a half hours on a right. cruise ship and watch a show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was only an hour. It was fun. My wife really enjoyed it. You could have a cocktail during the show. So that was nice. Um, so that was really good. And then just the, just the regular entertainment, the stuff that they do in the ship is fun too, right? They do dance challenges and all kinds of things that are going on that you can stop and watch. Um, and they have individual, entertainers all over the place so definitely um you know a big strength of the ship let's talk about sea days Uh, one thing i noticed when i sailed norwegian was the the pool area on norwegian escape isn't that big how was that on sea days yeah so i mean that if you're a sunbather this may not be the ship for you and i have people ask me well you love this ship you know what do you have bad to say about it two things if you don't like crowds and people then this isn't the ship for you i mean it, it it there's you know, it's 4,000 people on this thing. So there's going to be times when it's going to be crowded. The other thing is there's not a ton of area around the pool to just straight Sundays. 
So the pool is very crowded. There is the H2O area up front, but there's no pool with that. There's a grotto that you could go in and cool down, but that's also very crowded. Um, the vibe area is a good area if you get access to it. But if you truly want to have a place to sit by a pool and relax and you don't like people, then you either have to be in Vibe or the Haven or else it's going to be pretty crowded. Yeah. Uh, how about the restaurants on sea days? Well, they close a lot of stuff. So that was mm-hmm. one thing that kind of we, – we had never not gotten off. We didn't get off at Nassau just because we were beat. And so we stayed on the boat, did the spa, and then we got off and started to try to go around to see what was going on. And they closed a lot of the stuff. Now, they were doing some type of an uh, evacuation drill too, mm-hmm. so that might have caused some of it. But, um, you know, there's nobody on the ship. Everybody gets off and, and, because there's only three ports. We skipped Jamaica on this one, so we only had three ports. So it seemed to be like as soon as we docked, everybody got off. Nassau, Jamaica was supposed to be one. What other two ports did you hit? This originally was was Nassau, St. Thomas, uh, Tortola, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Because of the hurricanes, they did. They were supposed to do Falmouth, which we didn't go into, and then Grand Cayman, mm-hmm. and then Nassau, and then the private island in the middle. So we had the. I apologize. The private island, their private island in the middle there. And then you went to the private island uh, in the Bahamas, Great Stirrup Cay. What would you think of that? We were really worried about the private island because there was another boat there. The Pearl was there. So mm-hmm. there were two boats there, which they had never done before. So even the people, you know, the, the, the helper, you know, all of the people that were helping us off the ship were warning us that it was going to be crowded. And it was wonderful. For $39, we rented a little clamshell. So we got some shade. Mm-hmm. And it's huge. It's huge. There's three different beach sections. If you wanted to walk all the way around, the third beach area was empty. But they had four different food venues. They had all kinds of great venues to get water and and beer and whatever you wanted to. There weren't any lines. I mean, and if there was a line, it went fast. The water was beautiful. The snorkeling was good. I couldn't have been happier. It was wonderful. Does your drink package work on the private island? It does. They charge you for bottled water, which is the only thing they charge you for in the region, which makes no sense. Bottled water and bottled pop. And if you want orange juice. Okay. Freshly squeezed orange juice. Those are the three things. They'll give you rum until you fall over. But <laughs> if you want if you want freshly squeezed orange juice, it's four dollars. Yeah, you had to pay for bottled water, but everything else on the island was included, including the food. How was the food? Good. I mean hot dogs and hamburgers were fine. We did they did like little um, seafood tacos that were good. And then but I think if you walk we didn't walk up to the barbecue pit and I think we made a mistake because people were walking by me with massive heaping barbecue sandwiches that I uh. We'd already eaten, and I looked at my wife, and I said, that was a major malfunction. <laughs> for a, a fat guy from Chicago to not find the barbecue pit, I, I had to turn in my card for the day as a barbecue aficionado. Uh, so you, you make your way back to Port Miami. How was your debarkation process? You know, it's pretty easy. I mean, it's, once again, it's slightly disorganized. They're calling all these colors. They don't really mean it, I don't think. People just kind of get off whenever they want. We always carry our bags off just because it's, you know, I think easier. But it was, you know, the line's pretty lengthy. They wound us all the way through the casino and then all the way through the ship. And, and then you got to walk a good ways to get off. So it was worse than getting on. But customs was a minute. And we literally got to the curb and put our hand in the air. And there was a cab. And we were to the airport 10 minutes later. So nice. um, very smooth. Looking back over this seven-night sailing, what was the biggest highlight for you? Definitely the food. If you don't like to eat, especially you don't want to go out to dinner and you don't want to do it as fine dining, this may not be the ship for you. I mean, the venues are incredible. You know, the steakhouse is incredible, Moderno's. Um, and then the small places, you know, the food republic, the places that you can just eat during the afternoon. Um, the other thing about the ship, without a doubt, the best part about the ship are, are the people. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, tell, you can tell it's the flagship. 
of the uh, of Norwegian. Most of the people that are are on there have been on have been employees of Norwegian for ten to fifteen years. They're all going to be moving to the Bliss now as the Bliss becomes the flagship. So the service is over the top. The people are great. The ship's clean and beautiful. Um, but certainly, if you like to eat, this is a good place to go. Well, uh, after two times sailing on her, uh, any first-time tips you'd like to share? Yeah, two things. I mean, one, definitely, you know, try all the stuff out. So go to the shows, go to the venues. Um, but the other thing is be prepared to be a little bit patient when it comes to certain times of the day. I mean, right after the muster drill, it's going to be crowded. Right after dinner time, it's going to be crowded. Um, and I, you know, I just can't stress enough that eighth floor extended balcony. If you want to lie out in the sun and you can't get a spot around the pool, that was a great place for us just to go on the, on the balcony and just hang out. So I think this is a great cruise for first time cruisers because it's such a big ship and there's so much to do that you can always find something to do. We didn't even talk about, you know, the water slides and the, and the ropes courses and all the things that are there for you, all the stuff for the kids. So it's really a ship that has something for everybody. Awesome. Well, uh, in closing here, final thoughts of Norwegian Escape. I just thought it was rated number one again for total, um, you know, total experience. And, uh, you know, unless you're going you're gonna to pitch a smaller ship, you know, against it, I think the only two things that you can say against the Escape are potentially the itinerary because there's only three stops and one of them's Nassau and that it's crowded. But if those two things don't bother you, it, I mean, the people, the food, the casino, everything was just fantastic. And, you know, for my money, it's the best ship out there. I love it. Dan, thanks for sharing your review with us. Hey, thank you for having me. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.